what is Inside Out? What do we want it to stand for? What do we want our community to feel like? What do we want people to have for their experience? Um, and that's come down to a lot of just like meetings between Dave and I, just making sure that we're actually like, okay, like business meeting. And then like, okay, we need to also have a life meeting and just like, where are we at? Like life-wise, because business is one thing, but then like, you know, we shut the doors and it's done for the night. Like we have to live our life too. And what, how's our marriage doing? How's our like life with friends and other relationships and other things like that? How are we personally doing? Um, so I think faith has been huge, just like praying about that, but just communication and just being open about where we're at on things. And I think that's been a huge thing is just like not having any reservations about where, where we're at or how we're feeling and not having to feel like you have to hide anything from each other because you're like, dude, you're like my coworker. You're my like boss kind of and like, not really, but then you're also like my husband, my best friend, my, you know, like all of these things. And so we have to just make sure that we're on the same page on all of those things. And there's nothing that can be held back because that's not going to help on any of those levels or any of those relationships at all. Welcome to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. I'm Jess, your host, and right by my side, like literally right by my side, is the very powerful presence of Coach BJ, my co-host, my partner in life, and the guiding wisdom and logistics behind Team Yogi Triathlete, the amazing tribe of runners and triathletes that have aligned with the message of being their best, not just in their sport, but all across their life. Under the experienced direction of Coach Beej and Coach Liz, these athletes are consistently raising the bar for themselves, and although some of them have been known to try and limbo themselves back into safety. These guys are always there to wake them out of their dream and back into their nature of limitless possibility. And so, yeah, that's the kind of endurance sports team we are here at Yogi Triathlete, settling for nothing less than mastery on all levels. And I think that is the perfect segue to introducing our guests today, Dr. Dave and Dr. Lindsay Pachkowski, power couple, strength gurus, and owners of Inside Out Strength and Performance are with us. And one, just one of the many things we love about these guys is that they hold a one-pointed focus on getting to the source. They are committed to unearthing the truth that lies behind symptoms of pain in the body and work with their athletes to guide them out of the space of surviving and into a place of thriving. This methodology puts great onus on the athlete to show up for their healing work because we all know, I mean, I hope we all know by now, that no one can change us for us. We have to show up and do the work. We've hosted Dave on the show before, once in episode 166, and also with a follow-up YTP mini that is available on our YouTube channel. But today, he brings his beautiful wife, Lindsay, with him to the show. We're so excited to have both parts of the equation with us, and we're looking forward to going down all the rabbit holes that present themselves within this conversation. Dave and Lindsay, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yep, excited to be here with the uh, better half as well. (laughs) (laughs) That intro gave me goosebumps. (laughs) I was like, oh. I know you guys are you guys have helped um have assisted some of our athletes and and BJ and I are living proof of of your work and it doesn't mean that we're not going to come across new things um in our bodies uh but it's like it's just a a voxer to Dave and I get back on the schedule and I get some new uh things that bring me to my knees and if I just breathe and I'm consistent with them they make change in my body yeah 
Well, it's a testament to the work you guys put in though too. Like you said in the the intro, people that come looking for us to change them don't get nearly the results that you guys have seen in so many other of your athletes and other athletes that we've gotten to work with. Yeah, it, it really is. Like we have to we have to do the work and it's not sexy by any means. Um, there's this one stretch that you gave me, Dave, that I do like in downward dog, which opens up like the whole posterior chain of my leg. And that's, it's literally like I have to conjure bravery in, in those moments, knowing that I'm going to go into it and I have to breathe when I'm just like, okay, that's enough, that's enough. And it's not enough because I have felt this tightness for years. For years I've been like, man, that right leg is so tight. I wonder when that's going to catch up with me. And it did last spring. So, but, uh, but I'm on the mend and um, it's a little bit every day over a long period of time. So when we first had you on the podcast back in, it was actually July, 2019 that we launched that. And um, we just like dove right in. We just, like you said, within like, I don't know, 45 seconds, we were talking about like, what's your purpose in life and like the mental aspect of healing and all of that. And BJ and I drove away that day and I was like, did we even introduce him? (laughs) Did we do anything on his background? So I wanted to rewind and get this foundational story of how and why Inside Out Strength and Performance exists. So can you bring bring us that story? Yes, the uh, the voice. I think I was the mystery man the first time around. So it's just some guy that was just talking right away into all of the uh, the deeper purposes of life and what you need to be doing to get better. So it was, it was a lot of fun, though. We didn't we didn't breathe once on that episode, and it was uh, it was it was worth every minute. But uh, yeah, so I, uh, we started Inside Out Strength and Performance for like we got into in the intro because there was a there was a big gap between rehab and performance and between taking people from this area of getting out of pain into performance. A lot of places were focused on, okay, we can get you out of pain, but then what happens when your goal is more than just walking around the block pain-free? What happens when your goal is more than just picking up your kid pain-free? Not that those are, are bad goals by any means, but for the people that are looking to run ultra marathons for the people that are looking to take their performance physically, mentally, emotionally to the next level. There was this, this big gap that was missing. And that's one that we aim to fill. And, uh, to address that, it requires a lot more than just, um, than just getting to the, the, on the surface type of symptoms of looking at where it hurts. We have to expand to other areas of the body. We have to expand to the mind. We have to expand to so many other places that, uh, peel back the layers to get to true performance and uh, true mastery, as you guys said. I love how you worded it that way. And, uh, you know, Lindsay came on in the uh, middle of COVID the past six months. She joined the, the team full time and she's been an awesome addition. I'll let you let her tell quickly on kind of her role in all this and, and her specialty as well. All right. Well, yeah, so I joined the team in April and I had been previously working at an outpatient clinic. And so I was kind of ready to make the jump into our own clinic. Um, And especially seeing what Dave was doing and what I was doing on the side, I knew that that was more where my heart was. Um, So joined the team then and just learned a lot as we were going through that. But I personally specialize in women's health, pelvic floor um, dysfunction and helping women return to exercise, return to fitness after baby. Um, So that has been a cool thing to bring to that performance side of our business with a lot of active moms out there and a lot of people that aren't really sure what to do or where to go. Um, 
um, and how to be out of pain or out of dysfunction. So that's just a cool thing that I like to add to what we're already doing. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much what we've been doing and just learning the dynamics of working together, husband and wife has been something that's we're learning. <laughs> we're learning six months in. <laughs> we see, um, especially in triathlon, we see these women, and I think in ultra running too, where they go have a child and they come back and they are like a level or two above where they were when they left the sport. And so we got into, a, in, especially in triathlon professional sports, like you see women, like, are they having babies on purpose? Because when they come back, <laughs> they're crushing it. So what is it? What is it? Explain a little bit about what that pelvic floor is and the strengthening of that, just so for people who don't know. Yeah, absolutely. So the pelvic floor is a group of skeletal muscles. So if you think about your bicep, your quads, same type of muscle, but there's a group of muscles in your pelvic floor, in your pelvis that make up the pelvic floor. Um, and there's three layers within that, and they have different functions basically for stability and for core basically core strength instability within that, um, as well as closing of sphincters, their sexual function, um, and just kind of all of that within the core system when we think about the core. So the pelvic floor is basically like the foundation or that bottom aspect. If you think about pelvic floor on the bottom, your diaphragm's the roof, so that's that top. And then you have deeper muscles within your core, like the transverse abdominis, so that one kind of wraps around like a corset. And then you have some little rotators within our low back called multifidi. And so those muscles kind of, they all make up this kind of like cube or canister. And so that's really when we're talking like core strength, we're talking pelvic floor, we're thinking about that versus just isolating those areas, especially for new mothers, after they have a kid, that area of the pelvic floor has most likely been the most compromised in addition to their abdomen, um, where the abs are. But um, So that's kind of where finding where those dysfunctions are and if there are dysfunctions and then learning how to retrain that because it's been nine plus months that their body has gone through amazing changes for a beautiful reason, but then to have your body then relearn those um, positions and how to breathe again and how to function again. And then in addition to getting back to higher levels of athletics. So those muscles kind of all work together. And then for when you're actually doing some of the higher level sports, you want to make sure that those muscles have the ability to have the endurance, have the strength, that they have the coordination as well and the motor control. Cause it's one thing to um, be able to contract the muscles, but can you hold it for longer? Can you kind of contract, relax, contract, relax, or like whatever you need it for and more of those power things as well, those muscles have the ability to do that as well. So it's depending on what person, what they're coming for, what they're training for, what their goals are, how their pregnancy and labor delivery was, there's a lot of different things that can kind of play a role and contribute, but that's just a little snippet of what the pelvic floor is. There's a lot of different things to it, but Brief overview. <laughs> I like that. Is there is guys there... have pelvic floors too? Yes, I was going to ask. Yes, that. guys do. Yes, <laughs> yes, I treat men as well. Yeah. In my experience working with glutes and the lack of glute awareness, you know, we, it's a term out there, glute amnesia. Is there a way? Is this similar with the pelvic floor, where that connection after nine months of not connecting with that area, you're reconnecting the mind with the action to strengthen? That area? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of the times I like to use the analogy of like a trail. So if you think about whatever movement pattern, regardless of what movement it is, we have a certain way or a pathway that our brain likes to go down. So you always take that same trail route every single time, but then maybe something happens where like you have a pregnancy or you have an injury and you can't go that route. 
you have to find a new route. So whether that's taking a left instead of a right or whatever that is, it's just retraining the brain because it's neuroplastic. It can change, it can do and learn new things. So it's making a new pathway. So a lot of the times for a lot of women, um, after they have a baby or even during that, they just have a difficult time of like, where is the muscle? Like what muscles are, am I working with? Because a lot of people will squeeze their glutes and they think that's their pelvic floor and it's not. Um, and so then like trying to help them discern like, okay, so you have found your glutes. Good. Now let's like relax those. Let's find the other muscles. Um, and just trying to like work through different ways. And so everyone's a little bit different where some cues work for some people and some don't. Um, but being able to find where those muscles are and then reconnect that. So a lot of that comes down to breathing. There's a lot of stuff that I work with people because when you're breathing, that's really like the most primal thing that you can be doing, most basic thing that your pelvic floor and your diaphragm are working together. So when you inhale, your pelvic floor should just gently relax down and kind of descend down a little bit. And then as you exhale, it should come up just slightly because the diaphragm is pushing that air out. And so they just kind of follow up and down as you do that. So even just taking a few deep breaths and trying to see if you are, what, what's going on? Can you find where your pelvic floor is? What's going on? Sometimes opposite. A lot of people tend to breathe opposite and so then trying to retrain that because they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm inhaling. And then like they're sucking in, which is incorrect. And so then trying to then, okay, that's that trail that you've gone down every single time that you've been breathing, you've been going to the right and we want to go to the left today and kind of retraining that. So it's, it's a cool thing to work with for sure. It's, and retraining your, um, your breath is, I did that in massage school. So we were mm -hmm. learning about the breath and they were, and we were lying on the ground and we had one hand on our belly and one hand on our heart. And they were like, okay, take a deep breath in and feel your belly fill. And I was like, Oh, this girl ain't filling. Like <laughs> I am breathing in the. I was breathing in the opposite direction, and um, so I was like, "Well, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna retrain that." And I remember I was like relentless. It didn't take that long, but mm -hmm. I would wake up in the. If I woke up in the middle of the night, I'd be like, "How are you breathing?" And then I would, I would, I would do take a right, right, mm -hmm. instead of taking a left, and throughout the day, and it didn't take long. And now it's, you know, it's it's been how I breathe for a very long time, and getting that. My understanding was that when you breathe in that opposite direction, like as you're breathing in, the belly goes in as opposed to the belly going out and the diaphragm's dropping so the lungs can fill, actually, as uh, I think I said the belly fill, but the lungs could fill, that you're never really getting a full breath, mm -hmm. like ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because if you are like sucking in or like breathing opposite, the diaphragm's getting pulled basically underneath the rib cage. And I know there's different... Um, breathing practices and different things, but those are like intentional breathing practices to do that. Um, but if you're just doing diaphragmatic breathing, the diaphragm needs to move away to let the lungs, like you said, fill with air. Yeah. And I know we're talking as it relates to pelvic floor, but whether we're talking performance, recovery, any of these things, breathing is what unlocks so many of those things too, as it relates to monitoring our nervous system and controlling when we need to ramp up, when we need to cool down, how are we oxygenating our muscles, how are we bracing and doing all those things. So it's it's for so much more than uh, the pelvic floor side is, is I know where we started to focus on that, but this relates to just about everything we're doing and, and is mm -hmm. something that if you're not currently focused on it, should be a focus. Yeah, and BJ's been slightly obsessed with the breath lately because you're listening to a book. The book Breath. 
Mm, have you, you heard about this book? About yeah. this book, it's about sleep, sleeping with your mouth taped. Uh, yeah, this whole. It's about breathing like through the nose as opposed to breathing through the mouth. And more how... carbon dioxide um, can actually help you increase your performance later down the road. It's there's all this studies and stuff, and and it's just it's just really interesting. But I mean, let's just talk surface level, like breath awareness. Let's just come back to the breath. So I've been trying on my runs, you know, to breathe. Close your mouth. Just breathe through your nose. Is this comfortable? And start to get in touch with how things are, are, how the air is entering your body, and how quickly you can move before you move into the anaerobic state. So it's it's just being aware of your breath, and then going to bed at night. Like, <laughs> can you can you not use your mouth? Like, do you just use your nose? Are you taping your mouth? Right I am now? not oh. yet. <laughs> I know of some athletes that are though, oh and it's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole. It's a whole. Um, there's two doctors specifically that are, um, they've been doing this for years, but because of the way they went about it and the, the, um, the obstacles of the already established medical world that it's not mm-hmm. supported. And so it's been in dormancy for a while and now it's getting back up again. Like people are starting to think again, like, oh yeah, well maybe there is something to this. And it started with like sleep apnea, mm-hmm. you know, um, and people's, the way that people's mouths are formed. Mm-hmm. And when you start breathing out through your, breathing in and out through your mouth, you're not cooling the air through the nose, which is what it has a natural tendency to do. It's pretty, mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing. I haven't finished the book yet, but yeah, I'm obsessed with it. It's just, it's just bringing <laughs> awareness to, to breathing. Yes. Very simple, yeah. So you had mentioned that you work with men too. Yes. Um, like what would, what would be some symptoms or some signs that like somebody, like a man would want to start working with this? Yeah. Um, usually for a lot of men, they, it's like they have pelvic pain. Um, so pelvic pain, pain within the pelvis, um, or some like lingering low back pain or hip pain because a lot of the muscles within the pelvis and the pelvic floor muscles are deep hip rotators. So a lot of times they'll get treatment for their hip or for their back and they're like, it got somewhat better, but sometimes there's just some muscles that for whatever reason, the techniques or the different things, it's just another group of muscles that weren't targeted as much. Um, so those are big ones. Um, otherwise, I mean, working with people, if they've had a prostatectomy, that's something too. Um, but a lot of the times it's more just like nerve pelvic pain is pretty common for, um, common to be seen for pelvic floors for, for men. Um, but it's a lot of it's just that they're breathing, like there's tight, like tight in those areas. And so it's a lot of like pilots or people that sit a lot, which a lot of us sit now a lot more, um, but it's their breathing mechanics, it's posture, it's a lot of like different things. But then to look into like big picture with a lot of the pelvic pain, there's other things like lifestyle factors, whether that's stress, sleep, nutrition, and other things that play a role um, potentially in kind of exacerbation of symptoms or onset of symptoms as well. Mm-hmm. Do they come to you with that awareness already or do they do they come with you like I've got hip pain can you fix the hip pain and they have no um, relationship with the external circumstances mm-hmm. that are going on Yeah a little bit of both um, most people they if they're kind of like seeking out a pelvic floor therapist they've usually done a lot of other things or tried other stuff unfortunately 
we're still not the first go-to of if someone's like, oh, I have something pelvic floor related, like I go see a pelvic floor PT. Um, but, or sometimes too, even just like the psoas can refer pain into the groin and different things. I had a patient that he um, thought he had something going on with his bladder and had gotten imaging done, had gone to the doctor, all of these things. And he's like, yeah, I just have this like pain. I don't really know what it's from or like, and I went and did all these tests and all these things. And I was like, can I just check something? And I like checked his psoas and it reproduced his pain. And he was like, I have been so many places and so many doctors and appointments in this. And it was literally like within five minutes, we did some manual stuff and I gave him some exercises and he was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like it was that. And I was like, well, you know, like, and it made sense. He was coming for something else and he was compensating because he was using crutches, like random stuff. But it's just things like that where we just want to look at a bigger picture. Um, one of our professors used to say, look for, what is it, hoofbeats, not zebras. When, when you... <laughs> like I just butchered I'll, it. Uh, I'll clarify this uh, this quote here. <laughs> better memory. <laughs> It's when you hear hooves, think horses, but you need to be able to check for zebras. But yeah. too often we, we think we hear hooves and we start going for the most complicated thing when it's starting with the most basic thing first. And if that doesn't work, then we go more complicated. But good try. Close. <laughs> zebras are cool, but zebras are cool. when it comes to PT, we don't want to see as many zebras. <laughs> so I... I feel like did that did that professor leave a like leave a mark on you guys like I feel like maybe this was mm-hmm. something to take you out of the box and yeah. um perhaps there are some other practitioners out there that are kind of like in the box right and the the printed out exercises and things like that like my my mom is um 87 and uh I really hope she doesn't listen to the podcast because uh, I just said that because uh, sometimes she's like, I want to listen to this podcast. I'm like, oh, God, she can't hear what I said. Uh, but anyway. Because they all know her and they know where she lives and they'll see her. Right. Yeah. Like not acting like an 87 year old. Yeah. Running everybody into the, into the ground with her energy. But um, meaning she's very energetic. Um, but I went home this summer. She had had a pretty traumatic accident about a year ago. And I went home this summer talking about her exercises and she's not doing them. And she was just very overwhelmed. And, you know, out came the stack of exercises. And so really, like, we just ended up starting to talk and, and like, what was feasible for her. And I just gave her some super easy things, like, actually a couple combos of things that I have had and some things from the sheets and stuff like that. And so... I know you identified like this gap and it sounds like you had this influence, um, but that's scary to go out of the box. It's risky to go out of the box. And so when did you start feeling like that's where you needed to, to live? Well, funny side note was that before we had really started dating, we were talking about, he was about to graduate PT school and we were talking about like, oh, what are you going to like? what he wanted to do. And we, I was assuming like, you're going to be working in a traditional clinic. And that's what I was thinking. And then he was like, you know, I think I want to actually start my own clinic or like my own business. And I was like, what? Like, that's like, okay. And I, I like was at first taken aback. So I was like, that's not like safe. And that's not like, you know, expected. And what I assumed he was going to be doing and yeah, led us to this, but I'm glad that we jumped into it. Yeah, and to answer your question, so I knew from very early on in PT school, I was the I was the one that was always 
out of place when people were studying for tests. I was watching videos on squatting and running things and performance, and it was just totally out of place with the PT curriculum because the curriculum was very in the box. It was very, here's the shoulder joint, here's what the shoulder does, here's this, in, in joint by joint, muscle by muscle. We know all the anatomy of the muscles. We know every nerve. We know how things work in isolation, but throughout PT school, they never once showed us how to squat. They never showed us how to deadlift. They didn't talk about running. They didn't talk about biking. They didn't talk about anything active in terms of, okay, how do, what's the so what behind all these things? Cause then was seen in clinicals was that people were coming in with these shoulder problems and they're like, Hey, I like to bench press. I do CrossFit. I like to do these things. And we're like, huh, well, they only taught us about the rotator cuff and special tests to test what the rotator cuffs involved, but how are you going to hold 300 pounds up overhead and do a squat with it or catch it in the bottom of a, a snatch or for the runners and bikers, how are you going to organize, know what posture you're supposed to be in, know where your core is, produce force off of that, breathe along top of that. And uh, so there was just, I, I saw a big gap early on with that, that I thought needed to be filled because while other people were learning on some things, I, I uh, didn't care about my test grade so much and just cared about <laughs> learning the stuff that I, I thought was important. So uh, probably not the best example for PT students listening. But <laughs> no, but I, I, I think it is, you know, and, it, and it's almost like what BJ was just talking about with that book, like it doesn't fit in the box. So it's scary and it's risky. And it's like, you don't care what your grades are because your grade is going to determine how good of a PT you are. Right? He's shaking his head. No. Um, were you always like that? Like, what, what what was what was like your upbringing? Were your parents? Did you have that kind of out of the box? Were they supportive of that? I don't know when it flipped. I, I was pretty. I was pretty. Uh, I guess straight edge growing up. I was pretty in in the box, if you will. Of, of my older brother was more of the screw up. So I. I uh, took on the responsible older brother role then as uh, for my younger brother, and I was I was very much always people pleaser, do as my as parents would say, as teachers would say, as expected. So I uh, that's a good question. I, was, I honestly don't know when it when it flipped. There was something in in school though that I knew I kind of I kind of just felt like I was in the wrong place, and it was too late to say that PT wasn't the answer, and PT was still logical from. Uh, financial point from a career point it, it it wasn't worth backing out of that that career route I just was trying to look at it differently and say how can I make the profession work for me instead of going and working for the profession mm-hmm. and so Lin- Lindsay just shared that she was a little bit fearful and safe when you proposed that so at the time you guys were dating was it were you do you think you were still in that safe safe space during that time and like, because if Lindsay is, my point is like, if you're both yeah. safe, like you're together and now you're going out risky and Lindsay's like, oh, well, I'm, there's an opportunity to get curious or there's an opportunity to be like, whoa, what's going on here? <laughs> I, yeah, I think we, we just hadn't really talked about it. So we, the same, you know, the same thing that brought us out to San Diego, we, we just assumed we were going to end up in the Midwest. We assumed, I think we had assumptions that never got addressed that, we were going to live somewhere near family. We were going to work for some company and I don't think it ever officially came up until I was like, Hey, I should, I should probably mention that I want to do this, <laughs> do this pretty big thing. Yeah. And Lindsay. <laughs> yeah, I guess I think Dave during his like last 
semester or so of PT school, I think for him personally, he was making a lot of changes um, and just like growing out of, I think, what he had previously been. And I honestly was like, when he said that, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like I was shocked because I think I was expecting him to do what was expected and then to hear like, oh, he wants to do this other thing. Because I always, I mean, the idea person. So I love like, if we do any brainstorming, I will just like, ideas, 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 but to actually like make it happen doesn't always happen when I'm the person. Um, so hearing his idea and having it be like something that he's like, I don't know, I just feel like this is something I want to do. Um, and I could see how important it was that it wasn't just like a transient idea of like, oh, that would be cool one day. It was like, I just feel like I really am supposed to be doing this. Um, and I have supported him hundred percent the whole way. And now it's been fun being a part of it too, because I can see where, that one little idea, we were walking along the little river walk around campus and just hearing that one idea to what it's become now and still growing, I think is just amazing. How um, early were you in your relationship at that point? <clears throat> like a month. <laughs> a <laughs> right. few months, yeah. It was, yeah, a few months. I think it was kind of an interesting time because we were, he was just finishing his PT school and I was just graduating my undergrad. So we were kind of in this like, ending of some chapters, beginning of new things. And we had just started dating. And so we were trying to figure out like also long-term, are we going to be together with like distant dating and like stuff like that. And just kind of like, we're just going to lay it all out there and like be open about everything that we're thinking about because we didn't, I guess we didn't want to like waste time or each other's time. And the fact of like, this is like long-term where I'm expecting to go. Like if you want to join or you want to be a part of it, like for both of us, we had things that we were really excited about. So I think that was something for us. Yeah. And then what brought you, that kind of reminds me of us, but it just feels more, it feels like way more gentler than me because I was like, I'm leaving and and I'm ready to leave you here. You're going to Boulder. (laughs) You're like, we're in Newport. She's like, well, I'm going to be leaving to Boulder and you're welcome to come with me or not, but that's where I'm going. And and I think I actually said like, oh, let me think about it. Like, (laughs) and that wasn't the first time that happened. (laughs) But here we are. So what brought you guys out to San Diego? Because, I mean, the Midwest, I I grew up in New England, right? But the Midwest to me, and I know a lot of people from the Midwest is, you know, it's very tight family, very, you know, this, like, you you stay, perhaps. You stay where, um, and the reason why I say that is because I live out here now, and I've lived in, I've lived a lot of different places, and um, I've met a lot of people from the Midwest who have moved away, and we've had these conversations where they said, you know, we kind of jumped out of the box, and we made this leap, and, you know, it's not what all our friends did, and so what brought you out here to San Diego? Well, we made a list of places we wanted to live, and we were trying to decide Basic. This is now like two years later, so I was about to graduate PT school, and we we're trying to decide, okay, where are we going to live, and kind of making a list of all of the basically Midwest cities that we had family around, and we're like, okay, kind of like looking at the list, but like none of them really sticking out of like, oh, this is a for sure, or anything like that, and I don't know, I think it was honestly like God just saying like, pick other places or like you have a choice. And so we made a list of cities like separately where we'd want to go. Like we're like, does it matter about cost of living? Does it matter about like location of how we're going to do it? Just where would you go? And so we both made lists, compared our lists. San Diego was on our list with a couple other cities that we had some overlaps. Um, But we kind of like looked into it more and we're like, you know what? Like for whatever reason, it just stuck out as like, that's 
that's where we want to look to go. And then we ended up getting engaged out here and kind of scoped the area a little bit more um, and just found that we just felt more called to the active lifestyle and just different. I think starting fresh, I think was a big thing for us. Had you been to San Diego before it made the list? Yeah, uh, Lindsay, not, uh, to, when she was really young, I, I'd been out here a couple times for conferences, but I think the same way that the business idea sort of just s- seemingly came out of, out of thin air, this, the same way this, and we can, we can remember we were at a coffee shop at my parents' house, and I just laid out the question, I'm like, what if we could live somewhere else, was, was the question, something along those lines of, of just entertaining the idea, because it had been assumed that we were going to stay around there and we're going to do that the same way that business doesn't run in my family or anything. I'm not in a family of entrepreneurs. We're not, that wasn't even a thought in anyone in my, in my family really. And, uh, so the same way that that sort of just came, it's like entertaining the, the possibility of, huh, like the, the, why not me? The always assuming that, oh, that's, that's for someone else that's moving away. That's for someone else, like going, living somewhere where it's absolutely beautiful. And the, the lifestyle is awesome. Like that's, that's not for us though. But then saying like, why not? And, and the more you look into it then and take just one step forward into, okay, let's just research some things. And then the next step becomes, okay, let's actually go out there and look at, look at the area and see if we actually like it. And it's that one step after another, it becomes, becomes real. Yeah, like the it's it's not that it's actually not that big of a risk. Like you can take these little, you know, little steps and come out here and feel it. And I think like feeling it, can you see yourself living here? And yeah, I mean it's it's an amazing place and I love how you put that. We had another guest on our podcast um, back in March, Dave Wiskowski and uh, Wiskowski, Petchkowski, <laughs> Gumkowski. All the skis, <laughs> like nepotism. Um, <laughs> And he was talking about how, like, when people, like, uh, I can't remember if it was, like, when he was first getting into running or if he was talking about ultra running or or whatever it was. He was just like, oh, well, that's for them. It's not for me. Well, that's for them. It's not for me. And, like, to know this guy now, he's insane. He's insane runner. I mean, the miles that he packs on his body and how strong he is. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, if we didn't, qu- if we don't question those things, like, it's it's for them. It's not for me. Well, wait. Why not for me? And maybe the answer is because of this, this, and this, and because that's not what's on my heart. But if we don't ask the question, <laughs> that's it. The conversation mm-hmm. ends, you know, and uh, we could be missing something really big in our life. That's cool. So what are you doing in the two years that she's in school and you're not in school? Are you scheming your business? What's happening? Are you giving yes, out I, I was, stacks I, of <laughs> exercises on photocopies? What's going on? Yes, I was a scheming, <laughs> scheming business. I was also working for a, a private clinic, a, a great company, a small, uh, a small company. By was living at home with my parents and, and working there. Um, it was it was a great fit. It was a, a good a good season, just based on our situation. But it was it was never the the long term. It was it was better than most clinics for sure. But it still was never my uh my dream and and they tried working with me on giving more flexibility but just didn't have enough flexibility to do what really wanted from the performance side of things from getting to to fill that gap that we talked about earlier so there was a lot of scheming I knew I was going to start a business I just wasn't sure where at that point we had decided where we're going to live so it was something I was going to do and the location was the only thing to be determined I love that ability to stand firm you know, even when the company and this happened in my experience where they're offering you 
what you're asking for, like more flexibility, uh, maybe more pay, maybe more vacation, whatever it is, and you still say no, like it doesn't align. Um, does this feel does this feel truly aligned, like 100% aligned with what you guys are doing? Does this like bring you joy and, and excite you? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without <laughs> yeah. a doubt. Yeah. So can you look back? So people that say like, oh, I wish I could do what, what Dave and Lindsay do. I wish I could just like be that free and be that carefree and not worry about the details. But it couldn't have all been like smooth sailing like the whole way. I'm sure there were struggles along the way. Do you recall anything that was like a big roadblock where you're just like, I don't know how <laughs> this is going to happen? <laughs> or many? Yeah, which, which roadblock? Uh, <laughs> last week, uh, two months ago, two years ago? We have plenty of them, yeah. Well, on our move out here, my car broke down. So that was a ro- like a literal roadblock was that my car broke down. So, But we overcame that, got that fixed. Um, but otherwise, business-wise... If you have some. Yeah, uh, moving out here, I the same way that was buying. I don't like the word buying time. I, I was I was present while I was at the job I was at. I don't want to. There, there's this looking ahead while still being able to to be present. And the same thing was happening though when we moved out here. I was I was working at a skilled nursing facility, and uh, I bless the people that do that. There's some people that's for, but I was doing whatever we could to to cover bills and until the business got to a certain point, that was something that we needed to do to cover costs at the time. So that was a, a very trying time for me. It was a very humbling time. It was a very uh, challenging time in a lot of ways because where before the example I gave earlier, I'm at this private clinic, I'm still working with active people. I'm still helping people get better. Here, I'm working with people getting them to the edge of the bed and doing th- things that, you know, in a, in a situation I'm totally out of, I told you I was fish out of water in PT school. This is like, I have no idea what's, go- what's going on when I'm doing this. Uh, just totally acting like I, like I do. <laughs> but, uh, so long story short, so until, so then we finally, we at least had started the business and then it's like, Oh, open the doors and, and they will come. And that's totally not the case when you're in business for yourself. It's, I just thought because I'm this great clinician, people are just going to start calling me and I'm going to start helping people and we're going to have this thriving, thriving business. And it was a good six months at least before we even saw our first client from just figuring out what to do, trying things, trying anything, losing hope and just sticking with it though. The only, I think the only main trait I have is just persistence with it and and staying the course on it is really the only secret that I've, I've had. There's no magical skills aside from that. And that's just, it's just been staying the course. And, uh, that's, you know, that's that first six months is the one we talk about, but that's happened time and time again at different growth phases. There's different challenges that happen and different things that you go, how, how are we going to make this work? And we just continue to do that. And Lindsay came on six months ago, right in the smack dab of COVID. And we took that in stride. So when you came on was because you were, where were you working before? I was working for Palomar health. So like an outpatient uh, PT clinic, but like hospital-based system. So now did your job get compromised and that kind of gave you the final push to come and, and be here full time? No. So, well, it was an interesting situation. So I had put in, so Dave was killing it with getting, you know, more people coming in and he's like, oh my gosh, like we might need you to come sooner to work for the business, like based off of numbers and like realistically what he could manage. I'm like, 
okay. So I had put in my resignation and had said like, I think that was beginning of March and then COVID happened. And so it was basically like, I had already said I was going to be leaving. My last day of work was like mid-April, but they were like, we'll keep you on. So I like worked through some of the pretty intense, like initial stages of stuff of like protocols and things changing just like daily by the hour, basically. Um, And then I just had resigned my position. Um, But then about two weeks later, they had a pretty significant um, like layoff happen as well. So I I don't know if it was just allowing me to make the decision myself or if I would have still had a job or not, if I would have stayed around. Um, so that was kind of just a big, big jump in that regard. But we had so much peace around this, just like the decision to do that. Um, and then just jumping in, which it was just weird to jump in thinking and expecting to have more of like a patient care role, but we weren't seeing people in the clinic because we were closed at that point. So it was a very weird transition of like, I had just been seeing patients all the time and like pretty intense situations with all of the COVID stuff. And then to come to like a standstill, but we were working on like other things, but it just wasn't patient care. So that was kind of a little bit of a, hmm, this is different. We have to kind of like change our mindset. Like eventually we'll get to back to seeing patients and clients and different things. But right now this is not where we need to be focusing our time. So that was interesting. Yeah. And like there's, we always look at these jobs where, you know, you get a stub that, you know, FICA and the whole situation. And we think that that's safety. And I think more than ever, people agree that it's not safety um, at all, that there's, that there's no safety anywhere, but there is perseverance and faith and trust and, um, and humility. Oh, what a tool that is to learn and how it's so painful. Um, your story, like, like it just brings me back to when, you know, we moved out here and we were going to take over the world with our love and uh, nobody wanted it. And it's like, how can you not want it? I'm dangling the keys to the kingdom in front of your face. And uh, humility, you know, just teaching yoga wherever we could. People come the first time and then nobody comes back, like just standing in an empty room time and time again because we're staying really strong and on, on what we believe in is a transformative way of, of teaching and being and coaching. And, um, and it takes time. It takes time. Um, how do you guys stay strong in those, in those times where, cause even though like, you know, you're going to have these times of you're killing it and everything, but there's, there's no limits. Like you t- people like you guys, like us, it's like, there's no roof on the house of limitation. So it's always going to ask you to up level. You're always going to be taking risks. You're always going to be walking into the unknown. And how do you guys as a couple, right? Here's your income all in one, in one spot, but you've got the flexibility to be as creative as you want with the business. But how do you guys stay strong as a couple and business partners in those times where you're jumping into another, um, whether it's you're choosing it or, uh, you know, a pandemic hits? I think, well, for us, it's been, our faith has been huge um, and praying about it. We're making sure that we're actually prioritizing that and trying not to. I think the beginning of COVID, we were very much of like, trying to do everything and all things because we were like, I don't know what we can do. I don't know what's going to stick. Just throwing anything at the wall. Like, let's create this. Let's do this. Let's try this. Oh, they're doing that. We should try that. And we just did so many things. And we're like, this isn't true to us. 
yes, there's a lot of crazy things going on that we don't really know what's going to happen, but this isn't us. This isn't what we're passionate about or excited about. It was kind of like following the shiny things and we just like, but none of the shiny things were things that were really like what we were about. And so I think we just had to like go back to simplify. So I think even just the past couple, like basically since I joined the team, we've been working on simplifying because we were finding that we were just like putting too much into other things and not really like honing in on, okay, what is our craft? What is our passion? What is what is inside out? What do we want it to stand for? What do we want our community to feel like? What do we want people to have for their experience? Um, and that's come down to a lot of just like meetings between Dave and I, just making sure that we're actually like, okay, like business meeting. And then like, okay, we need to also have a life meeting and just like, where are we at? Like life wise, because business is one thing, but then like, you know, we shut the doors and it's done for the night. Like we have to live our life too. And what, how's our marriage doing? How's our like life with friends and other relationships and other things like that? How are we personally doing? Um, so I think faith has been huge, just like praying about that, but just communication and just being open about where we're at on things. And I think that's been a huge thing is just like not having any reservations about where, where we're at or how we're feeling and not having to feel like you have to hide anything from each other because you're like, dude, you're like my coworker. You're my like boss kind of like not really, but then you're also like my husband, my best friend, my, you know, like all of these things. And so we have to just make sure that we're on the same page on all of those things. And there's nothing that can be held back because that's not going to help on any of those levels or any of those relationships at all. Well, in the same way businesses make businesses state values, businesses state those things for us, we have, you know, core values that we live by. And our, our, like when you said, our faith is really important to us. Our marriage is right behind that. And our business does not take the place of that, even though it can seem that way at times. And even, Time-wise, it might take more time, but we make sure that we never put priorities in the in the wrong place either. And, and those are things that are important to us. Uh, leaving some other things, I would add, leaving our ego behind. Uh, a lot of things with figuring out roles of how we work together, how we communicate with with each other, who's who's good at what, who wants to do what, who has to just suck it up and do certain things. Like there's certain things that just have to get done and uh, leaving ego behind and uh, being able to kind of surrender control a little bit of, of outcomes. Like Lindsay was saying, I think that's the way I'd kind of piggyback off us going back to simplicity and not getting pinballed around by social media and things that other people are doing, uh, letting go of the outcome and just being like, okay, what, what do we need to be focused on? Here's, here's our thing. Keep coming back to it. Here's, here's this quarter, what we need to do. And that means here's this month, what we need to do. And that means here's this week, what we need to do. That means today we need to do this and not getting, that just helps us keep incredible focus on what we can be controlling and not worried about, well, how many people are actually coming in and all those outcome numbers that end up taking care of themselves when we can focus on those things. You had, uh, mentioned like um letting go of the outcome like just doing the work for the sake of the work and to bring it back into patient care the athletes that you guys work with um a lot of attachment when um you know we can't do the sport that we want to do and um how do you help support them on that path of just doing the work for the sake of the work 
Sure. Um, so <laughs> I wasn't sure if you guys are interested. We're still, we're still figuring out. Yeah. Super cute little <laughs> mic microphone dance. Um, so a lot of the times it's meeting them where they're at. And I usually start every conversation if someone's like an athlete and they're coming in and they have something going on when they're doing their sport or a certain activity. And they're, they're talking about um, how like, I hope you don't tell me I can't do this anymore. And depending on what it is, for the most part, I'm going to say you should be able to. It's just we might have to tweak some aspect of it or modify some aspect of it. It might be a volume thing. It might be an intensity thing. Or it might be for this time, yeah, maybe this week or so, like, yeah, lay off the running, but we can have you do this cross-training stuff instead. Um, But really explaining kind of the purpose of why we're doing these exercises. Um, Because you can see plenty of exercises. You can, you know, go look on social media. There's tons of exercises, but is it specific to why you're coming? I don't know. And like, that's why you're you're coming to see us. And then trying to understand like, okay, well, if you're doing these exercises, but they've never changed anything with your symptoms, maybe they're not the right exercises. And so then trying to peel that back. Cause a lot of people will come in like, I do core work. I do this. I do this. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let's see it. And then they show it to you and you're like, okay, well, that's good, but there might be a better option for you or that form, if you just change it just a little bit, might actually change how things are going. So then to stick with the boring sometimes, sometimes it's boring, sometimes it's not exciting. I've gotten many, many texts from from patients saying like, do you have any good song recommendations to listen to while I'm doing some of these? This is so boring. And I'm like, you know what? Like, that's fine. Or like, I'll send over like podcast things. I'm like, here, listen to this while you're doing your exercises. Like use that time, but like focus on the movement. You're building a foundation and just going back to like, this foundation is going to help you with your sports or with that, if not make you stronger and more resilient through that. But you have to just take that step back to make that leap ahead later on. It was gonna, it's like they're, their story, they come to you with like, um, I love this. I've tried everything, right? I've tried everything. You guys don't understand. I've tried everything. And then you call them on it, right? You get to that space where you're like, okay, you, you've tried every single thing. You've tried all different types <laughs> no, of things. No, BJ, you call them on it. I call them on it a lot because it's, a, it's keeping them limited. It's keeping them confined in their, like, um, their space because honestly, they're coming to you, but they don't want to be told they can't run or they can't do their thing, right? So they're teetering on this mindset of, yeah, I, need, I know I need this, but I don't wanna do it if I have to give up running. So there's that fine balance and that, the communication skills, which I'm sure you guys both practice on each other with, to get to the athlete to, to uh, understand that it's not about the specific, um, you know, keeping your sport going, keeping the, um, the distance going. You can do other things to keep momentum moving forward. And when you reframe it as, more general, like all these things are going to get you back to where you want to go. Just in this tiny, minute blip of time, things just really suck right now in your body. And that's okay. We're going to get to the, the end of it. So um, I think that's what, you know, in my working with you guys, that's what I've, you know, pulled away is like, it, you can take down volume. You can, um, you can look at things a different way. You can, you can still do lunges. Like I've never done lunges the way that you've provided and instructed for me to do them. Um, so that Taylor custom um, attention, you just don't get everywhere. And, and again, let's loop it back to the, the sheets of paper that you hand out. That's not what you get with either of you. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and education is such a big piece too. That's, uh, I mean, you bring up a good example of a lunge. Everyone would say, oh yeah, well, I've tried lunges before. Those those work or those don't work. And it's there's tons of little modifications that can happen within that. But education is such a big piece because, like Lindsay said, if we're not explaining why, if we're not creating buy-in, then us just simply telling someone to do something and say, hey, do this because we say so, then and you'll get better. People don't want that. We're working with human beings and we're working with different people. And like we said, there's some people that if they're coming to us and they're saying, well, I'll do whatever you say as long as I can run. And it's like, well, for some people, it's like, if you're just looking for someone, you know, if you're just paying us to tell us you can run, like you're probably not in the right spot. You can go find someone that will say, sure, you can, you can keep running, but there's other people too that come with the exact same thing. And there's other people that we have to say, no, you, you do need to run. Like why? Cause they're like, oh, I can't, I can't run because of this. And it's like, why not? And they're like, well, I don't, I don't know. I have a Achilles thing and I, I just, someone told me I shouldn't, shouldn't run. So there's some people, it's, it's just kind of challenging what they're thinking because there's some people, you know, I don't pretend to be an expert. There's some people, people know their bodies well. And I'm, they're like, well, I kind of want to try running. I'm like, sure, let's try it. And just explaining that's like, what's, you might experience a little setback or it might go great, but that's given us feedback. And I'm not, I'm not one to, draw a firm line and be like, it's my way or the highway. It's very much a try it. What's, you know, maybe it sets us back a week, but maybe you're ready to run and we don't know until we try it. And so it's, it's meeting people, like you said, Lindsay, meeting people where they're at. And for some people, they need a little more of a push for some people. They, we need to need to pull back on. Yeah. And I I think some people do get a lot of no's like, well, you're just not going to be able to run ever again. And you're not, and the first time I came to you, I never stopped running. And we're talking about 15 years of doing endurance sports and not doing like a strength regimen, you know, like consistently in the way that I do it now, I never had to stop running. I came back to you in the summertime because um, I just had this hot heel. That's the only way I can describe it. And, and I, you know, whatever it was, heel spur, whatever, it was hot and it was extremely painful and running was no longer an option for me. I was totally fine with, with not doing that. And walking was, was pretty gingerly too. And so, um, but there was other things. I went and bought a bike and biking did not bother at all. And I watched my training peaks, like when the hotness started to happen and I stopped running, the fitness went, you know, and then I bought the bike and my fitness started to come back up. And like any athlete's gonna wanna, is gonna love that, right? Like, and so I made an investment in myself. And that's something that you guys talk about too, is like making the investment. Cause I could have looked and been like, it's COVID and we've had some people leave from the team and you know, some people have lost their jobs. I can't buy a bike right now, let alone the kit, the cleats, the shoes, the helmet. You gotta have the sunglasses, the water bottles, the carbon cages, like all that's like, you gotta get all that stuff too, which is like another grand on top of it. But I was like, you know what? This is what this is what savings is for. Savings is not for this like mystery place in the future where I think all my problems are going to be gone and I'm just going to like lay there. I can't tell you how many people I know who are retired and they're like retirement sucks. <laughs> um, and so I, I invested in myself and it's oh my god that bike paid itself off in the first like five minutes and I was able to stay fit and stay strong and guess what I'm starting to run again. Um, so I know you guys are also believers in like investing in in yourself and so um, 
Yeah, how do you guys invest in yourselves? That wasn't the question I was going to ask. I but was, um, I was, That was a good lead up. I like that. <laughs> you like how yeah. that, that went? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how do you guys invest in yourselves? I think, uh, yeah, for us, it's, you know, it's continuing to never be, I don't know if I like the word never be satisfied, but continue to be hungry to be growing as a, as individuals, as a couple and, uh, you know, in our relationships with people around us and our work and, you know, we're, we're at a point where, and I, I say this hesitantly where, you know, in certain areas of work you get you get pretty good and it's easy to get complacent and it's easy to be like, well, we're, we're treating people good enough. Our model is good enough. It's like, that's, that's temptation from the outside to be able to kind of hit cruise control and get distracted and focus on other things, but to continue to be investing in coaching and learning and education and, uh, things like how we communicate and how can we make this experience better? How can we, you know, do the, how can we improve our soft skills? How can we improve our technical skills? How can we improve our communication as a couple, as a, as a work staff, as, as these things? So I think there's just, at least for, for me, I don't want to speak for Lindsay, but there's just a, a, a high degree of intentionality in just about everything that, that I'm doing from personal life to, to work life and making sure that those things are moving us the direction we want to be heading, are in line with what, like you guys say, in alignment with what we want to be doing and, and not wasting time, not wasting energy in the things that, that aren't. I think the things we say we say no to are just as important as the things that we're saying yes to when it comes to investing in ourselves. Yeah, because once the people start coming in the door and you get into the slipstream where there's some money coming in and all that, that's where you can push the cruise control, like blah. Um, or you can, or like BJ and I, I remember when we kind of moved out of that survival mode, I, I remember the moment too, where I just like, I just noticed this big exhale and I was like, oh my God, I just like, I'm not surviving anymore. Oh my God, thank God. And, um, but I, but we were like, gosh, like just cause you get the momentum catches up and you get into the slipstream, you got to keep showing up. So Lindsay, how are you showing up and investing in yourself? Um, I think big thing for me has been just finding something. So like this summer I trained for a half marathon, even without any of the races like going on, but I just knew 2020, I wanted to do another half marathon. So I trained for it, but, um, I think just investing in me time and knowing that like, especially with us working together in our business and then also having, well, with the past like pandemic stuff of like not as much of a social life or like certain things more limited, um, being able to be better about actually investing in myself and like time in quiet and time in not trying to surround myself with like other noise or other things, whether that's, you know, computer stuff or like phone things or social media and all of that. Cause I was finding that that was where I was finding limitations in myself was without, even meaning to like robbing myself of that and not investing in myself, but trying to like overly reach out to other things. Um, so that's been something that I've been working on of just more being more internal with that part of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Being with yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Take that time. Um, but so is the 100 or the 100 miles in two months oh, is that 60 miles in oh, 30 60, days yeah. 60 miles in 30 days that's yes. going on right now yes currently yes okay. and I'm good I have I think I'm at about almost 10 miles 
in. It's been more of like just trying to do at least two miles on top of my like usual activity because I was just finding, I was like, dude, I am like sitting so much or like I would work out, but I'm like lifting weights is not the same as just like getting outside or like I had a few days where I literally was like, I never went outside today. And I was like, that is really bad. That is so bad. And I was like, okay, Lindsay, like what can you do just to hold yourself accountable, just to like do something? You live in this beautiful place. Like just get outside. Just like, and I love being outside, but it was just like getting out of my own head of like, oh, I have all these work things to do. And I was like, okay, I have some freedom to do some stuff like outside weather walking and stuff like that so yeah that's been a fun i like the recommitment i like that yeah. you shared it you were on the, the boardwalk the other yeah. day too yeah, yeah. it's an yeah. awesome place to run mm-hmm. um and dave you've got your 5k pr and your dead lift or what's going on here it's a stretch yeah i uh i said it without knowing if it's possible to accomplish yet but uh it's uh Two times body weight, squat, deadlift, sub 20 minute 5K, sub six minute mile, tested within one week. I think that element right there within the one week is the key element because coming from, you know, obviously the, the endurance, you can train for a 5K and put in the time, but you're also trying to do these other things in the same week. So obviously it's power and speed. What else is it? Power, speed, endurance, and uh, the, the mental, mental muscle. <laughs> of the, the reason I set the goal is I've, I've always been, I guess we'll call it a strength athlete. Like, like the squat deadlift goal for me is, is no problem. And so I was thinking about just doing the 5K goal and, this, and the, the mile goal. But for me, I would take the extremes and I wouldn't, I wouldn't put as much effort onto the, the strength training. So I'm like, how do I still hit a base level of strength yet find something that's going to really take me outside of my comfort zone. And that's what this 5k training has done because I can, I can, there's certain workouts that are within my comfort zone and most of them are within the confines of a gym and out doing a 5k or running intervals or those things requires a, a different switch that I haven't had to access probably in probably a couple of years that I haven't really had to dig into in, in that way. Cause it just sucks and it hurts and it, <laughs> it is not fun, but I, uh, I'm going for it. When is the, uh, I love it. When is the expected, uh, week or are you just, you're just waiting to get primed up? Yeah. The, the goal is for this, this year, I think first week of December, maybe second week of December is when I'm, I'm going to try and do a, a testing week with it and, and we'll see. Yeah. I've been, been put in the work and haven't haven't tested the outcome yet so we'll uh we'll see what the All right, well, let us know if you're going to do it around us we'll come out and cheer you on um you guys have podcasts going on i know you started a men's group dave like let's let's in wrapping this up tell us what you guys have going on um you work with people remotely i know that because um you work with some of the people that we work with remotely i mean it's just it's amazing so fill us in Yeah, so I started the Postpartum Performance Podcast. I'm hosting that. Um, That basically is just for women looking to learn more about postpartum and what all that entails and just doing all of that. And then I'm also on Instagram at Postpartum Performance as well with more just women's health pelvic floor topics. And then we have, so Inside Out Strength and Performance is our local practice here in Carlsbad, California for our local peeps, but we do work with people remotely as well. And that's uh, mostly with a lot of endurance athletes, we we really fill the gap on the the strength programming side of things. So addressing muscle imbalances, addressing any uh, things that are creating any 
imbalance over use issues and uh, whether you're dealing with a an active injury or an old chronic injury there's a lot of people again that they've tried everything but uh see pretty good results with that so we'd, we'd love to help anyone out looking for some help on the uh, strength side of things and then yes i have the men made for more podcast and a facebook group men made for more uh, and that's designed for guys looking to just join a community of, of like-minded people looking to strengthen body mind and purpose I love it. And you had the amazing Coach BJ on that podcast. Mm-hmm. I was episode, listening. Uh, I have to look back at what episode it is. Yeah. I don't know, quote it seven, one, maybe. One yeah. Put in the show. Yeah. Early yeah. adopter. Yeah. Early <laughs> adopter. It was a it was it was a good episode. Yeah, we didn't yeah. Bre- we didn't breathe much on that one either. So that's awesome. You guys, I I love this conversation. I love that we dug in a little bit into your stories as people, as as beautiful, sacred beings sharing your gifts in this world. And we thank you so much. We're so blessed to have you in our lives. And in our backyard. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. It's uh, it's you. always a uh, always a fun time, and uh, you guys have created an awesome community. And we're always excited to uh, to share our story and share our background with them because it's it's fun to see what you guys have created too. Yeah, you know, build it, and they will come eventually. Eventually, <laughs> in due time. <laughs>